Welcome to The Fix, the podcast made for the trades, where we sit down with inspiring individuals across the trades to discuss their unique take on the industry, including career paths, job site stories, overcoming challenges, and everything in between. I'm your host, Catherine, a marketer here at Odie, with my co-host and friend, Doug, one of Odie's resident experts in all things trades. The Fix is more than a podcast. It's a community, a community built to support tradespeople and inspire the next generation of essential pros. Let's start the conversation. Well, Doug, I have to tell you, I am really excited about our conversation and our guest today because we're going to learn a little bit more about the work that she is doing up in Canada. And we haven't really focused our efforts yet on the work up in Canada. Absolutely. I went into my closet last night, got the passport. I'm ready to travel. Okay. <laughs> and our guest today, you know, I think some of the most unsung heroes that we have here in all of society are teachers. Yep. And today we're bringing one of the best with us and I'm very excited to learn about you know, everything that they offer. That's awesome. Well, welcome Angela Coldwell, the founder of Honor the Work. Hello. Thank you for having me today. You've, it's wonderful to be with you. You've got it. We're super excited to have you here. And, you know, obviously we want our listeners to learn a little bit more about, you know, your personal journey and how you got into teaching and then how you became so interested in uh, promoting the work of the trades. Yeah, so I'm actually from a small rural town in Alberta, an oil and gas town, so in Western Canada. Uh, My parents were both teachers, and uh, my dad was extremely supportive of all the students in his school um, going into any pathway that suited them. He was a principal. So I ended up uh, falling into their path, not by not expecting to do so, but just really found a love in teaching science. And so I did that for nine years. I was a high school chemistry and physics teacher. And uh, and then I took a pause to raise our kids who are just finishing up grades two and four. And uh, my husband's in the industry and has been in the industry for the last 20 years. So he himself has, is an engineer, but went from a blueprint reader through a project coordinator, project manager, BD, and now is the president of a national technical builder. And so over the last 20 plus years, we've had a lot of interesting conversations um, as teacher to, to industry professional. And I think that probably one of the most important ones was actually when I was in my early 20s, um, I was teaching a grade 10 class, a grade 10 science class, and I had this really clever student and he was um, he was really into uh, all things like outside. So he Mm -hmm. loved to dirt bike and so on. And he was but he was he was not doing exceptionally well in the class and he had so much potential. So I finally. I finally said to him one day, I said, Jordan, like, what would you like to do when you're done high school? And he said, Mrs. Cobalt, I'd like to go into, into the trades. I want to become an electrician. Yeah. And as a teacher um, who had gone K to 12 and sure. then to university and then back to the classroom, I honestly wasn't quite sure what to say. And so I said, oh, what about electrical engineering? Because that's what I knew. Sure. And anyway, long story short, I went home that night to my husband thinking he's, he was going to be like, yeah, I'm a civil engineer. Go for it. And he was the opposite. He's like, why did you say that? He said, if I don't understand the blueprints, I go to the people on the tools on site. I take their advice over every other. So I went back the next day, unfortunately, with my teacher interviews, and I apologized to the parents and the student. I said, I was wrong. I'm so sorry. And I said, I 
I thought that the best path was perhaps engineering and I'm wrong. And he said, I, sure. I support you hundred percent. And from there onwards, um, every time I had a student that thought about the trades, I was absolutely rooting for them. So it was, it was a real connection for, for me to realize, wow, I, I was really off and I had a real misconception that I had to get corrected and thank heavens I did. Yeah. You know what I love about that is that you also then tied in the, the real world experience that you have in your conversation you had at home. And that's a lot of some of the things that we talk about is that it's just exposure. It's just having that conversation of the different things that are out there and how it could possibly fit a child or fit an adult that is trying to just find their way and that there are so many ways. But a lot of times we kind of go right into that path of nope, college is the right way to go when there is just this bigger world that if we can just continue to keep opening up the eyes of all of us to say, hey, explore these things and try to figure it out. I think we might even get even more children and adults on the right path of where they want to go. Yep. Agreed that there are three equitable paths. It's college, university or apprenticeship. And we just have to remember to keep on reminding people that apprenticeship exists. And it's an ideal model because you're being mentored while you're learning. Yeah. And so and you're learning with your hands, which is how so many people learn. Yeah. And the key word in that sentence was equitable. Right. I mean, the fact that it is. it is that it is there is that stigma that sometimes there's that shame or that there's that embarrassment, but that it is an equitable, you know, route for anyone to go through. And it's those are the options on the table, not just one or two options on the table. It's it's really true. And we've also found that as we've been going through this process of setting up our organization, the research really supports we have to start young. So starting in high school and junior high is too late. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we on elementary school because interestingly enough um, we have recent research just from the last year that children actually show early signs of school phobia by age five if they're mm -hmm. coming from financially difficult circumstances trauma starts to appear at age six that gender biases occur between ages five and seven that last a lifetime mm -hmm. and interestingly you know, STEM for girls, as well as financial literacy, they start to show a lack of co confidence at age eight. That's grade two. And, you know, skilled trades, it's it's STEM profession. Sure. And then I think probably the most critical piece is coming out of a uh, province, Manitoba. Career Track has done research, and they've actually found that students in grades five and six are actually the most engaged in career exploration, and so are their parents, and it drops off in junior high, starting in grade seven. So if we're not catching kids in those first six years when right. they're hands-on learners, um, they're, they're, they want to learn by doing, they're, they're really asking, what do I want to become? Who do I want to become? They have the books, you know, like I, one of the ones we love, the house Yay! that she built. <laughs> um, you know, they're dressing up in pretend clothes. They're watching cartoon characters. When other time in their life will they have all of those positive influences that are shaping right. potential career paths? And so it's kind of a missed opportunity when we're not looking at our elementary schools. Yeah. I, we, you know, we are big believers of the house that she built um, and big supporters um, and been doing efforts here uh, locally to be able to get that message out. Um, but I even had, I have a, a young son who is six and I had a conversation with him about the book and he already, he said, well, that's what, uh, uh, you know, a boy does. And I'm like, oh gosh, have I missed the mark? Okay, well, let's sit down and start talking, you know, and, uh, you know, started to work through it because that's what he sees. And that's what we're trying to change is that, listen, everyone has an opportunity here. And so with trying to get more people and women into the trades, then it's a great way for those to see that there's an opportunity for them. 
Agreed. And, and underrepresented groups as well, too. So anyone mm-hmm. underrepresented, we the more that children can see themselves reflected, the better. And, you know, we're at a time now that there are so many beautiful children's books on the market. We have about 60 on our website that we found, and they're very diverse. They show all different backgrounds. And I think that, you know, for both parents and children to see the fact that there are possibilities there, that they're represented, that it's not just it, it, stereotypically, it's, it's looked very homogenous, but it's changing. And so that way people can see themselves in those roles and it also opens up you know parents too by reading things like the house that she built mm-hmm. you know, also sees with parents as well as teachers who you know like myself had a misconception and it's a way to correct it and be able to start to open up those those eyes as well as those conversations at home and in the classroom yeah well that kind of leads right next into my next question which are what are some of those we kind of talked about the misconceptions and stereotypes surrounding the skilled trades And then how can we overcome and promote that value or opportunity? You know, what are some of the things that you guys have learned through your work that we can help with that? I think the biggest barriers that we've seen is lack of information. So people don't know where to go. They don't know somebody in the skilled trades in their community, on their street, in their family. Um, so the, the biases are there. They think it's cold in the winter and dirty in the summer. And they mm-hmm. don't realize the career progression that exists. So if more people realized that it's probably one of the few paths to, you know, an entrepreneurial career, because you can, once you graduate with your, within Canada, it's called a red seal, or when you're a journey person, um, when you, once you do that, then you're able to go and start your own business, for example, or the paths it can take you. It can take you into a second trade or third trade. It can teach you, take you into teaching, business development. It can take you into a safety role. You know, there are just so many. We have, I think, 16 or 17 different roles on our infographic on our website because people just don't know they sure. also don't realize the financial like the financial um, ability to not only earn while you learn but the earning potential as well too mm-hmm. so we're we're looking for example at a crisis right now in terms of housing we don't we, we really have a high demand for housing we're going to have a lot of immigration happening in our country as well in the next 70 years we also have people who want a work-life balance who aren't particularly happy with their job mm-hmm. um we have if people realize that getting into the skilled trades gives you a pride and satisfaction in the job you've done, but also meets a lot of the other things that we know people are struggling with, I think that that would go a long way. And I think one of the number one ways to do it is via storytelling, having people sure. tell their story. And that seems to resonate the very most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would totally agree with you. And we see that happening even through the work that uh, Fister is doing through the American Plumber Stories, you know, just showing real life examples of plumbers out there. Yep, absolutely. And I talked to someone, sorry, I talked to someone from TikTok actually the other day and she, who, who's part of the national team for Canada, and she said that the number of DIY and going behind the scenes, how the popularity on their platform is just through the roof. People love it. So mm-hmm. being able to show like what a day in the life looks like for what you're doing, it really resonates with people who aren't in the trades as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Angela, I have a question. Uh, so in Canada, you know, what are, what are the big challenges that you have in the skilled trades and how are they being addressed to, you know, create the longevity and the interest of everyone so that, you know, they continue to grow with technology and the needs of the, you know, the everyday public? Like you, we've had a, a long-term problem of neglecting that that need that was being projected that we were going to have a lack of people. We're fortunate that we have a lot of different organizations working on this. We have a, a bank, RBC, that put out a report that projected 700,000 people would be retiring by 2028 in our industry, and that has really been picked up across 
uh, nonprofits and politicians. So as a result, there's been a lot of a lot of support from our federal governments, from our provincial governments, um, from municipal governments. We're very fortunate. We're also we have a Skills Canada. So you have Skills USA. Yeah. Um, every province and territory has an affiliate. They have uh, tri trades kits that they can send to classrooms. They can do free presentations. The Skills competitions came back in person this year for the first mm-hmm. time post pandemic, and so um, that's been really successful in getting people learning about it and they're busing kids into these events. Uh, we live in Ontario now and so we're from the West originally but we're fortunate that we do have our Minister of Labour, Minister McNaughton, and he's just been a champion across all fronts. So everything from Level Up which is a career fair for grades uh, for high school students in junior high, they literally had thousands of kids bust around bust to these events. They're expanding it from I believe 5 to 11 sites next year so it'll awesome. really increase. Yeah. Um, and, and then we also have, you know, he did a washroom blitz because it was addressed that females on site and and just general people on site maybe didn't have suitable washroom facilities so there was a big blitz done and really trying to address those issues um, he created a new organization called skilled trades ontario that brought every basically all the apprenticeship resources and needs kind of under one umbrella that is administered under his ministry and so they just recently in may did an uh, an event first time ever where they brought industry individuals, apprentices, educators together for a conversation to try and identify what are the pain points and what can be done. So I think that just from from bottom to top and top to bottom, there's just a lot of work being done. And certainly within the industry too, like I can only speak to, um, you know, the general contractor that I'm acquainted with, but there's a lot of work being done in terms of trying to include more Indigenous to really make sure that DEI is living up to what it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. in terms of getting into the trades because retention is a huge issue for us as well too there's lots of free pre-apprenticeship programs um, across the country and a lot of people don't necessarily know about it so we created a map you could search by postal code but it's it's trying to get that information out there and it's also once the people are in the field then how do you retain them and make sure the environment is suitable for them so that's kind of an employer issue more so but in the in the k-12 space we're looking at really helping in that grade one to six realm by getting into classrooms but there's there's a lot of other nonprofits that are working to support um, individuals who are either in high school or junior high, and then once you're out in the workforce, to be able to do that liaising between a person who wants an apprenticeship and helping them find an employer. And that every province has their own. Um, but we also now have a national organization called ApprenticeSearch.com that just expanded this year to be national, and that's their whole mission. They literally help connect apprentices with employers. So we're fortunate that we we have a movement happening here, yeah. and we have a t- lots of people on social media that are promoting this as well, too, from the trades. And and it's, so it's it's really starting, I think, to start to change perceptions, which are, you know, decades and decades overdue, right. needing that, that stigma and stereotype to be countered. Yeah, for sure. And it takes a lot. I mean, I just I I'm, I'm, was writing down all these things that I, I have to go and research later. I mean, it's amazing. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think I need a tutorial to go through <laughs> <laughs> everything that she just offered us. I mean, but it was absolutely so incredible. Cool. I yeah. know it just there's so many opportunities. And I think I and really like what you guys have done in trying to think of all these different levels in which have to have opportunity and, and, op- and options. I love the free map of where there's the map that can be downloaded for pre-apprenticeship into work. I mean, what a great way for someone to have a resource to just go right in and try to figure it out. You know, everything that she just gave to us, I mean, a plethora of information, but one of the things I focused on early was the fact that, you know, they cared about the bathroom facilities also. Right. So throughout this whole thing, they're they're looking at even hygiene issues and stuff. Absolutely amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. 
it's, it's really remarkable. Like we kudos to all the people that are working on this because it's really a collaborative effect yeah. and other so nonprofits are collaborating with others. Like I was talking with nonprofits throughout the week and how we can work together. Yeah. Um, and, and so there really is a, a desire to collaborate. It's, nobody's in this like, I want to do this all by myself. No, no, no. It's, it's a team effort. It's yeah. all hands on deck. And so that's, and if you're, if you're looking for resources on our website, we actually spent last year researching all the different organizations by province or territory and put them so that people could find them because there was no hub. And that's the other problem. People don't know where to go. So they want financial supports, but where do they go if they live in one part of the country mm-hmm. or the other? So bringing everything to one spot, it simplifies it for people. It gives them one chance. And then from there, then they can reach out to who's in their area and what best suits their needs. Yeah, that's great. And we'll make sure that we, uh, as a follow up, share that through our network and make sure that we're trying to, um, you know, promote that so that people have an opportunity to go and find that information and, and hopefully, you know, can connect some people too. Thanks. So I want to talk about now you've, you've, we've got all these different um, areas in which, you know, people can find resources, they can get connected, they can learn more. But as you step back and and through your experience as a teacher, you know, what are those key skills that you feel like um, and qualities that make a successful tradesperson, you know, and how would you encourage a young person to kind of either develop those skills or recognize they have those skills within them and that this might be a possibility for them? So I think that um, obviously STEM skills are key, and I'm going to expand that to STEAM. So science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics, because you think about a welder who's also a sculptor, or you think about a carpenter or a plumber, like you have to have an eye for that as well, too. Or a sheet metal worker who wants it to look really nice and not just be functional. So I think that we have to rephrase it as a steam as steam careers. And I believe that probably the the most important skills are people have to be able to troubleshoot because that's a key part of the job. Um, to critically think, to be able to collaborate, to communicate. But I think those are probably some of the most important to manage your time, and and to make sure you have you know punctuality and a great attitude. I think that if you have those skills, everything else can be taught, and that's what we hear from industry as well. In fact, we just had a Last month, Future Skills Center, which is one of our research bodies here in Canada, put out a report. And the number one uh, trait trait that people have that they then link to jobs that pay well is troubleshooting. And I was talking with an electrical apprentice and she said that was my first apprenticeship when I got placed. It was house, it was working on different homes and figuring out what the problem was. And I think the way we encourage this is we do we, we need to bring this into the classroom. So mm-hmm. we're lucky and in Ontario we have a new science curriculum for grades one to eight. And then that it actually has skilled trades. So mm, that's so awesome. there's actually yeah fasteners are in grade one. And so being able to tie this into the skilled trades is awesome. And so we're we actually have now made kits for grades one to to six we're piloting them this year in 12 school districts um and there's going to be one teacher in each school district per grade so 72 teachers will pilot this and everything is tied to the skilled trades but also to the curriculum and not just science they wanted multidisciplinary they wanted english and history and math tied in so turnkey activities with you know materials already ready to go like with little hammers things that kids can actually use right and oh so- i love that yep being able to actually have the kids work together in teams to develop these soft skills that are so important. And I think that's how we begin. I think we really just have to expose teachers and children to this. We need to use the curriculum as our vehicle. And teachers want multidisciplinary and they want turnkey. So that's what we've made. And then being able to then get corporate funders to be able to help get this into classrooms, because I'm sure like you guys, um, we also have schools that can't afford to buy resources. So industry can come in and help pay for that to help bridge that, you know, workforce to education gap in a really 
unique way, they also are able to then connect with schools and bring in speakers as well too. And now all of a sudden in the classroom, you're getting people from the field. So it's kind of like a, again, it's that, it's that synergy, it's that collaboration. I think that's where it all starts. And then I think that that will end up starting to really change you know, the perceptions amongst children and teachers, but then it trickles home to parents. And then that's yep. when you really get that change, right? Right. Yeah. Especially when a child comes home and says, what would, you know, and a parent asks, what was something that you did today? Or what was your favorite part of the day? And they're explaining how they got to work with their hands or they got to use a hammer or they got to do yep. that. The parent then starts to go think about it. Right. And recognize, Oh, there might be something more than just maybe math or just maybe PE, right, Jim? Yep, yep absolutely. <laughs> I so Some of the best times I remember with my kids were, you know, when I'd have my daughter or sons and we'd be in the garage doing little crafty stuff because sure. they wanted to build something. Yeah. So, yeah, fascinating. I think it's excellent. So, you know, as we round out today, I would love to hear, you know, what advice do you have for listeners who are looking to support and promote the trades in their own communities? One of the things that you talked about that I really liked and – you know, one of the things here at The Fix, it is not about Odie and the brand and selling anything. This is truly just a community of trying to get the conversation started. And you talked about that, that it's nonprofits and nonprofits working together and brands. But, you know, what additionally would you have um, to help promote the trades in their own communities? What can people do? I think look for look for the opportunities where you can connect with youth and in particular, let's start younger youth. So I'm talking boys and girls clubs, girl guides, um, library programs, you know, ask your library, can we come in and read the house that she built and do a little activity? Um, and, you know, like it, it can be as simple as like wooden hammers and carpenter nails, like, you know, little having, you know, like right here, we just have some furniture nails, like just being able to do simple things like that. Asking the classroom teacher, could I come in and present and show what the work looks like? Um, and I think bringing in the innovation is key as well, because there are also studies out there. And we also know from our own kids, too, that kids really like to see how tech is, is tied in. So if they realize, you know, everything from Spot the Dog, for example, to Hilti Exoskeleton, if you can start to bring in things like that 3D printed uh, computers, yeah. talking about how, you know, there's like digital twins and, th you know, how what you're doing with Minecraft, there's a spot for you in the construction world because we need to be able to 3D model. It helps troubleshoot. It allows us to be able to use BIM more effectively. Like if we start to bring in the things that kids are already very interested in, I think that's a real selling point. So everything from asking your classroom teacher, looking to, to groups that are in your community, as well as just bringing in the innovation. And also kids love the equipment. They like to try on stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you can bring in your tool belt and your hard hat and you can, and your boots and you can let them try it out. For example, if you can liaise with the school and say, Hey, I would be able to do a safe activity, you know, maybe with, with piping, like something that's safe, you know, it just something that they can do that would be safe, could be monitored by the teacher. It doesn't have to be anything that has any kind of power tool things that are pre-cut, ready to go, but give the kids the exposure and they'll be so creative. And, it, you know, if nothing else, um, just great old, uh, you know, popsicle sticks and spaghetti, those things can demonstrate forces. Mm -hmm. And those things that kids love tactile, they learn through experience and through doing. So anything we can do to bridge that, and you don't have to be a teacher to do it. Just if you have a passion and you love what your job is, that's what's really going to come through to the kids. And they're going to remember that. And they're going to be like, that person loved their job. And I, they showed me how I could use my math in a practical way. I didn't know a carpenter used angles or a plumber used Pythagorean theorem. Making those connections so it's real to them is really what kids and I think the teachers, and that's what's really, I think, going to move the needle on this. Yeah, that's wonderful. I, I completely and 110% agree with you. So as we, um, you know, close out, I want to make sure that, has there anything that we didn't cover today about the work that honor the work 
is doing in Canada that you want to bring up or want to talk about in, in any way? No, I think, I think we pretty much got it all. Um, I think maybe the only thing I would say at the very end is that uh, there's there's a neat book out there if anyone's driving around and looking for a new audible book. Um, it's not a new book, but it's called Mastery by, Mastery by Robert Greene. And it's about, it's a whole bunch of different stories of people that we're all familiar with, like, for example, Albert Einstein or Marie Curie. And it talks about how they actually found their pathway and how it was often unexpected. And the spark often was young and by young, like four or five years old. And so if anyone's looking for a, a book as to maybe why this is so important but it's also really engaging and to kind of inspire how by planting the seeds young we can have impact based on people we're all very familiar with and um, that would just be a recommendation if you're yeah. looking for something because I think the stories in that I think the stories that are told in that book are very relevant to us and certainly can be taken and thought about and thought mm, how can we use that information to continue to try and get the word out about the opportunities that exist in the skilled trades. That's awesome. I definitely am going to get into that book for sure. Yeah, I, I, I you know how I love audiobooks. <laughs> I will definitely be looking for that one. It's really, it's so interesting. <laughs> well, Angela, I want to thank you so much. I think both Doug and I, I know when Doug gets quiet, he's learned a ton today. And I think he's blown away as am I. Um, I think the work that you're doing is so important. And I applaud you for stepping in and recognizing and doing so, just some wonderful things to help the trades. And, you know, if there's ever a way that Odie can help support the work you're doing, if it's donation of product, if it's whatever it is, we've got a whole team up in Canada, I know that would love to be right by your side. So please let us know we're here to help and support you. Yeah, your awesome level is a perfect 10 out of 10. <laughs> let me tell you, I absolutely love this interview. I yeah. mean, fantastic. Thank you for being with us. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you. It was so lovely to meet you. And thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and thank you for the work you're doing. Those amplifying the voices, that's, we, it will bring about change. And hopefully sooner rather than later, because we have so many amazing people like yourselves working on it. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The Fix. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss our next conversation dropping every Wednesday. If you have feedback about the show or a topic you'd like to see covered, send us an email at thefix at od.com or give us a shout out on social media. We would love to connect with you. Don't forget, you can get your daily fix by visiting od.com and we'll catch you next time.